Welcome to a talk from St. Saviour's Sunbury. We pray that you hear from God. Wow, what a morning we've had already. So for those of you who don't know me, I'm Kim. And for the last 14 months, I've been the families and children's pastor here. That, whoop, that ended um, at the end of last term. But what that means is I've been at this church for all that time, but I very, very rarely sat through a Sunday service. And what, I just, I'm so blessed from um, what Tom shared about the salvation and the answer to prayer, sorry, again, um, and what Arnold shared about prayer and just could see your heart when you were sharing, Arnold, and your vulnerability and, yes, the call to prayer um, and all the testimonies and what Kirsty shared about how she'd kind of mesmerized herself with Netflix and, and then kind of realized this is not doing me any good and then just adjusted to seek God. Um, we've just, and we've worshipped, just, I'm just so blessed when I'm sitting there thinking, gosh, there's so much to take in. There's so much that's been shared and experienced together. It's just incredible. And, and so much of it connects to with what I'm sharing today because I don't know if you know, but we're in a series called Core Values. And so I'm sharing today about reading the Bible because that is a core value of our life. Arnold shared a core value prayer, we've heard called values, faith and trust, um, worshipping God and reading the Bible as well. So when I got the rotor from Ron for preaching and I saw that my text was on reading the Bible, 2 Timothy 3.16, I got really excited and really overwhelmed because those who know me know that speaking about reading the Bible and teaching Christians how to get more from and enjoy reading their Bibles devotionally is my core life message. It's what I live to share and it's what I live to live and experience. So that was exciting because I love sharing about this. It's in me. It's my DNA. But I was overwhelmed because there's so much I could say. And last term, I taught a growth group called um, something like Dynamic Devotional Bible Reading, which a group of people came to. And they will testify to the fact that I can teach about reading the Bible devotionally for about one to one and a half hours for seven weeks straight and not run out of things to say. So... <laughs> So what direction do I go in? How do I condense it? What do I say? What can I share that will make a difference to you today? Now, children, you're used to me teaching you about things like this. We've been together for 14 months. So you're really good at listening, I know. But could you please keep your adults in check? Because you have your adults with you today. So if you see any adults fidgeting, not listening, please sort them out for me. Thank you very much. <laughs> Okay, so let's, um, I just would like to pray also myself. So, Father God, I thank you for the abundance of truth that you've put in my heart as I've gone on my journey with you in your word. And the direction that you've led me to go in and the things that you've led me to put down on these sheets of paper, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will lead and guide me. And I depend on you for what you have for me to say. And I thank you, Father God, that your breath will accompany the words and will touch hearts and minds and make a difference today in the mighty name of Jesus. So I don't know who 
made New Year's resolutions on New Year's Eve. I made some. And I just wonder if you made some ones about your physical health, maybe, about your finances, about careers. And I wonder if you made any spiritual New Year's resolutions, maybe to pray more, maybe to read your Bible more, or to find different ways to connect with God. So maybe one was to read the Bible more or to enjoy reading it more, to establish a new routine. We've heard a lot about devotional routines and routines with God today, but establishing new routines can be hard because often at the beginning they require discipline before they become a delight, before they become established part of our lives. So when trying to establish routines... It's good to have good reasons for what you're doing, what I like to call compelling whys. Why do I want to establish this new routine in my life? So think about reading the Bible. Why do I want to read the Bible? Why do I want to make reading the Bible a regular part of my life? Many Christians, if you ask, will say, because I'm a Christian, I'm supposed to. Something around that kind of reason. It's what Christians do. We're told to read the Bible. But that's not really a compelling why. We don't tend to do things because we're supposed to and because we should. We tend to do things that we want to do, that we feel good about doing, we feel enthusiastic about doing, that we have compelling whys. And what was lovely about the scripture that I was given for today, I think it sets out some very compelling whys for reading the Bible. So what I'd like to do is look at that scripture, break that down just a little bit, and then I want to share with you more testimonies. I want to share with you stories about how engaging with the Bible, reading it in the way that 2 Timothy sets out for us, actually brings it alive, transforms our lives, and makes reading the Bible so, like, Instead of the book that you should read, it becomes the book you want to read. It becomes the book that you simply can't put down. So that's where I'm going today. Now, in terms of putting scriptures up on the board, the computer's being very naughty, isn't it? So we're not going to have any scriptures on the board. So um, if you wanted to jot the scriptures down and look them up when you get home, by all means do. Um, but I, I will, I'm going to go, I've got to go punchy and fast, so I'll do what I can in the time that I've got. But ultimately, my goal is to re-inspire, reinvigorate a fresh new perspective of the Bible and reading his word and engaging with God in his word, building a dynamic devotional relationship with God through his word. So that's the goal. So um, now I'm going to read 2 Timothy 3.16, in the Passion Translation, which uh, was bought for me as one of part of my leaving gift for ending my role as Thamson Children's Pastor, which has been the greatest blessing to me. So here we go. So um, 2 Timothy 3.16 says in the Passion Translation, every scripture has been written by the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. It will empower you by its instruction and correction giving you the strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper into the path of godliness. Wow. So if we talk about compelling whys, how about reading the Bible because it's been written by God? When we read our Bible, we connect with the words of God, but not just the written words that we see on the page. The Bible is not like any other book. 
It's not just paper, card, leather bounding maybe, and print. That's not all it is. It's breathed by God. And the Word tells us that the Word of God is living and active and that it penetrates and does a deep work within us. It's a very, very precious book. So when we read the Bible, we come to the Bible saying, wow, I get to sit with God and his words and listen to what he is saying. The amazing thing about the fact that the book of God is alive and that it's written by the Holy Spirit is, if you imagine, when you read your Bible, as a Christian, you are sitting with the author. God is with you by his spirit. Imagine any other book. Imagine a biography, and you get to sit with the author and read it with the person that the book is about and get deeper insights and truth. You get so much more than what's written on the page. As you read it, they might go, oh, I can tell you another story about when this happened. If you connect that with that, you will know more about me. And that's what happens as we sit with the perspective Wow, when I read the Bible, I get to sit with God and listen to God. The Holy Spirit is there, just like he hovered over the waters of the earth to breathe life and bring life to the words that God spoke, like let there be light. It's the same. When we read the Bible in faith, in partnership with the Holy Spirit, the author of the word of God, the author of us and the author of the world who knows God's heart, our past, our present, our future, he is sitting with us to breathe life on every word that we need his interpretation on in the particular given moment. There's a compelling reason to sit with God like Mary sat at the feet of Jesus and listen to him. It will empower you by its instruction and correction. When we read our Bible, we receive empowerment that renews our thoughts. It straightens out our thinking to line up with God's word. And that can be healing, corrective, restorative, like the testimony we heard of freedom and deliverance from OCD. Thinking straightened out by the power of a supportive friend and prayer, partnership with God. That's God's heart for us. And that's part of the work that he does through his word as it's active and living and penetrates to do a deep work within us. Giving us the strength to take the right direction. Who wants to take the right direction in 2020? I know I do. Yeah. So when we read our Bible, we receive strength to take the right direction in life. To just be corrected, nudged, maybe a little nudge, maybe a big overcorrection, a big swing. And here's the goal. Here's the New Year's resolution to lead you deeper into the path of godliness. When we read our Bible, we are led by God down a deep, deeper down the path that he has for us. We each have an individual path in God. We have the collective community path, the path that Christians should walk, but we have our individual ordained um, life destiny that God has um, set before us, and he will lead and guide us on that. When I think of being led down, deeper down the path of godliness, I think about following after God and going beyond the point of no return. It's like, and this is at the end of the message, I'm going topsy-turvy because of time, it's like when Jesus was speaking to his disciples and and a crowd and talked about feeding on his body and his blood. And for many valid reasons in Jewish culture, they were offended and they walked away. 
And Jesus turned to his 12 disciples as the many went and said, do you want to leave me too? And Peter turned to Jesus and said, but where would I go? You are the one with the words of life. So to go so deep down the path of godliness that no matter how challenging it becomes, and we feel like saying, I want to throw in the towel, I want to take a diversion, I want to turn back, we've actually gone so far down that path with God, we've experienced too much of him and the power of his word that we just can't turn back. Maybe we need to rest, but we just can't turn back. That's the path that we're talking about here. That's the work of the word. These are really compelling reasons to read the Bible. But to experience this, we can't just read the Bible in the Western mindset intellectually. With my intellect, I engage with the words on paper. I read them. I seek to comprehend them. Maybe I Google something and then move on with my day. No, it's a heart thing. It's reading the Bible as the living, active, breathing word of God that we sit to just take in and breathe in. And we look for what the Holy Spirit is breathing his life on. And we engage with what we see him saying in that moment, and then moment by moment by moment, as the word says, line by line, precept by precept, we are led. And that deep work of the word is an ongoing process. So to share some testimony, to give some inspiration, insight, and explanation, here's some stories from my life about the work of the word in my life. And obviously, There's a sign over my head permanently that some of you will see and some of you won't. It says Christian under construction. It's a permanent sign. It's always there. And it's the work of the word and the Holy Spirit together that is doing that work within me. So one of the ways the Holy Spirit in the word, listening to him and partnering with him and engaging with him, I've experienced healing, deep inner healing, So I grew up in um, a life situation where I was not protected and I was hurt a lot. And by the time I was a young adult and a a new Christian, I was actually deeply, deeply broken um, and not really able to function or live. And a very, very short story. So the Holy Spirit led me on my first devotional Bible journey, Bible reading journey, And while um, Richard, my husband, went to work, and my eldest son, who's now 27, tells you how long ago this was, started reception, I would, Richard would go to work, I'd take Benjamin, um, Aaron to school, and then I'd come home, I'd curl up with my Bible, I read it cover to cover over the course of a year. And in that time, when, like, almost like it was a time term, term time school day um, journey with God, or that went outside that, in that time, I discovered God in the word, not what I'd heard about God or what the church told me, but I discovered God, what he was showing me of himself in the word. And I fell deeply in love with him. And then a capacity to just sit with him and be with him grew in me. And I had a year of sitting with God in his word and then just in my lounge. No YouTube then, nothing. I would just sit And over the course of that year, I experienced deep intimacy with God. And my heart was radically healed and transformed. And I could function. Amen. But from that, I got strong. I got busy. 
and I stopped reading my Bible, I stopped my devotional time with God, and I replaced that with other things. And I spent 15 years desperately longing to get back to the intimacy that I enjoyed. I conc- every time I try to pick up the Bible, I went, oh, I'm familiar with that, it's boring. And, and I concluded that the experience I'd had was for that time when I desperately needed it, I needed the healing. But then we reached a point, Richard and I, where we said, this is just, we can't live with mediocre Christianity, where we're going through the motions, we look like shiny Christians on the outside, but really inside there's a void. And we decided to give God one last shot. And we set the alarm early, and we had our separate devotional times, and we came back to share them. I had a business, I had a toddler, I had a baby, I was doing night feeds. And I read the Bible this time in about 12 weeks. And I had the same experience the same intimacy, the same closeness, the word started to come alive again and speak to me. But this time, instead of healing, the Holy Spirit was showing me in no uncertain terms, but completely wrapped up in love, that I had abandoned my first love, that I had let go of the most important thing or one. And he took me on a journey of repentance and redeveloping my intimacy with him again. And repentance. There were no tears. There was no beating myself up. It was just melting in his love, melting in what he was showing me as I was reading my Bible and him showing me how I needed to reestablish my first love with him. And that's a journey that continues. It's seasonal. But now he's shown me how I can establish and maintain that, which is what I teach as part of my Bible, devotional Bible reading course. So to get more specific just to inspire you that it can be um, more specific than that. My son, my eldest son, had terrible eczema. He'd wake up every morning with blood on his sheets, and we spent years praying about it. And then we really pressed in to the word, and we really pressed into the scripture that says, by the stripes of Jesus we were healed. And when Aaron, we'd put Aaron to bed in the evening, and then we'd spend 15 to 20 minutes every evening praying that scripture because it had penetrated God had highlighted it to us, and we had the faith to pray it. And we didn't see, we saw other healings, but it took six months that every morning I'd go and wake him up, and the eczema would be the same. And then after six months, I went in one morning and woke him up, and the eczema was completely gone, because we'd pressed into that scripture, because the word of God is active and alive and penetrating. And similarly, when he was older, he was about 13, um, and he was very ill and taken to hospital and diagnosed with meningitis and was awaiting his isolation room. And I went out and phoned Richard to tell him the diagnosis, and my vice started to quiver and started to cry. And Richard went, nope, don't fear. I went, yes. Pulled myself together, didn't get into fear, because the word says don't fear. So we pressed into what the word has taught us, what the Holy Spirit has revealed to us, and within 20 minutes, he was healed. He was sat up in bed, completely healed. The doctors were quite confused when they came up to his isolation room and he was sitting up in bed watching telly. Um, Similarly, I'm just going to plough through just a couple of testimonies. Anger. So I'd experienced this year of deep emotional healing, but there was still much work for God to do. There's still more. Um, But I had a real issue with anger. Anger had a hold on me. I had a stronghold of anger in my life because of the experiences and the trauma I'd experienced. And along my journey, I went to a conference at a church, and it'd been a great conference, and then the the preacher said, okay, at the end, we're going to lift up one thing that we want God to touch, and we're just going to shout yes. So I 
There were many things I could have chosen, but he said one, so I had to debate which one am I going to ask God to deal with. So I realized that the anger was really destroying my life. So I, I lifted up the anger and I shouted, yes. And I felt something break inside. I thought, yes, I've been released. The very next day, a very minor thing happened which triggered the anger. And the anger would be so intense that it would build up in me so strong that if I didn't release it, it hurt me. So I had to release it to stop it physically, feeling like physical pain inside. And it was there the very next day. So I pressed into scriptures that the Holy Spirit highlighted to me and spoken to me. And it was Psalm 37, 8. Refrain from wrath, turn from anger. It only leads to evil. And as the Holy Spirit highlighted this to me, I thought, it only leads to evil. Anger only leads to evil. I don't want evil in my life. And then he reminded me, um, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Right, okay. So I have to refrain from anger and I have to resist the devil and this will go. So I did that for about two to three weeks. The anger was there. It was strong in me. It would rise up at any given moment with the gentlest of provocation. But I resisted it and I resisted the enemy for about two to three weeks. And then the moment came, I was completely free. And I've been free from that. Not saying I don't get angry but been free from the stronghold of anger. Um, here's a nice specific one. So this is, um, I had a dream, because we heard about testimony about a dream. I had a dream of a physical assault. It was very detailed, and it was just as I was waking up. And I thought, oh gosh, right, okay. It was very disturbing, very vivid. And then I went to my Bible reading time, and I read, in my reading was Psalm 140, verse 1, and it says, Rescue me, Lord, from evil men. Keep me safe from violent men. And then I went, I was thinking, oh, God, you know, what are you saying here? This connects with the dream. What are you showing me? And then I read a scripture about the ark. And the way I saw it in that moment, the way the Holy Spirit showed it to me, was that it was like, the, like being in the ark, and the ark was the prayer, prayer of protection. And it's like it's showing me, this has to happen but pray the protection, like you go through the storm, but in the ark. And I prayed the protection, not knowing, thinking that he'd shown me what was going to happen to me. And then I got a call later in the day that a member of family had experienced exactly, exactly to the detail, what was in my dream. And then I was able to go and tell her that God had showed me that was, happened, was going to happen, and that he'd told me to pray protection. And even though she went through the experience, she was unharmed and uninjured. So there's many, many, many benefits from reading the Bible. And it's, you know, I could go on and on and on. Here's one tiny, tiny one. I love a church in Redding, California called Bethel Church. And um, I'd got to the point where I said to Richard, let's go to Bethel. Let's just go to Bethel. Let's move to Bethel. I want to go there. Like, seriously, Richard said, okay, let's pray about it. Very wise. And then that day or the next day, my reading was Amos 556, which says, do not seek Bethel, seek God. I'm telling you, listen, when you read your Bible, apply your faith and your perspective that God is with you. God is speaking to you. These are not dead words on paper. This is just the entry point. Every word, every word is God breathed. Every word is a seed containing the power of God. He can interpret the same scripture in so many different ways. He can speak to you personally and individually with the goal of leading you deeper down the path of godliness, deeper down the path of God for your life. So that's my prayer for you today, that 2020, you will discover the voice of 
God in the word for you afresh. You will discover a fresh joy, a passion for reading the Bible. You will find him as I have found him, as you have found him, but in a deeper way and that you will go down the path that God has for you this life. You will be given courage. You will be given strength. You will be empowered and you will be led and directed and have the most, and it's not always easy. He told me to give away my business. I gave away my business and my income. It's not easy, but it's God's path for your life. And you won't want to turn back because you've gone too far down and experienced that God has the words of life too much. So if I just close in prayer and then in the response time, have your own conversation with God. No response time. Okay, so I'm going to (laughs) pray. I'm going to pray that just you have that amazing experience in 2020, a great partnership with the Word of God. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your awesome, amazing Word. Thank you that we get to sit with you and listen to you and hear and see you in your Word. Father God, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that every single one of us here, every person that hears this message, rediscovers, reinvigorates a brand new, fresh, exciting journey with you through your Word. Open our eyes. Open Open our minds, open our hearts to see, hear, and give us the courage to obey and to follow. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. For more information about St. Saviour's, please visit our website at www.stsaviorsunbury.org.uk.